Ruchim Abayim B'Shem Hashem Berachnulchem Yves Hashem Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. All of Kaddish is finished and almost the yard site for one we dedicate still in the memory of Aaron Baruch Be'yudah Levi and Aliyah Basara. Everybody's in, on, we hope so. You're on the air. It's supposed to be on. Anyway. Pashva Yishlach, starting late today, sorry. Due to Rambam, a little longer today. Pashva Yishlach. Tonight is Yudalit Kislev. Oh, yeah. Yudalit Kislev. And next week, of course, is Yutes Kislev. Yudalit Kislev is a day that Sidim celebrate. Anniversary of the Rebbe and the Rebbetson. 90 years. 90 is, of course, very directly connected with Mashiach. We find 90 at the end of the chapter, 90 Tzadik in Tehillim. It finishes off. Ninety years is a very, very significant number. It's a day that the Rebbe, although be Makusha with the Friedrich Rebbe, connected to the Friedrich Rebbe, on this day the Rebbe marries the Friedrich Rebbe's daughter. And thereby being com- becoming one with the Rebbe. The Rebbe's parents, as we know, were not able to attend his wedding. His father was actually exiled to Kazakhstan, to Almata. And was not allowed to come to travel to Warsaw to the wedding. Although the Rebbe, the Fidig Rebbe, was living at the time in Riga, Latvia, the wedding was set in Warsaw, Poland. The time was still Poland. Might have been Poland. The next day it might not have been part of Poland. The next day it might have been acted off to Russia, to, to, to Germany. But every day it was something else, that country. Rebbe's father, Levik, and Rebbe's Mkhana, although there was a great distance physically between them, Levik sent a telegram to his son. Saying how we're never apart. Our souls are intertwined. We are one. I am always there with you. Ablevik story at length of how they took over the next apartment and how they invited whoever could secretly come together congregate 
fellow that tells over the story as an old decorated soldier from Germany, from Russia remembers he was a child at the time Hi. He was a child at the time, and how everybody came together, <laughs> and the moment of the chuppah to the second, Rebbeivik stood. And was Mechavan had in mind, had intentions, all the intentions of actually as if he was physically there with his son by the chuppah of his son. The connection of the father and the son. Thousands of miles separated them. But their souls were intertwined. Actually, someone once came to the Rebbe by dollars and mentioned that he was a relative, a son or a grandson of somebody who had attended the Rebbe's wedding. The Rebbe smiled and said, you want me to remember everybody that was by the wedding? And yet, as we say on the other side of the coin, Shliach um, in Massachusetts, Rabbi Fogelman, was going past the Rebbe for a dollar. The Rebbe handed him a second dollar for his anniversary. And he looked shocked at the Rebbe, and the Rebbe says, Isn't it your anniversary? And he said, Yeah. <laughs> he reminds himself. It was, I have to remember, you can't remember. I have to remember for you that I was. Of course, a lesson right there from the Rebbe. It's important to remember the anniversary. And of course, your wife's birthday. So, Yudalat Kislev, in essence, is a day of yumptive, of happiness, of joy. Someone said this morning in Shul, he says, Could look at this. Anyone's going to walk in tomorrow to Shul? going to hop the head and say, Ay, that's it, Lubavitch cracked up. They're celebrating Thanksgiving. Not just celebrating, they're all wearing kapatas. They're all having a, a festive meal. We're honoring the Rebbe's, the Rebbe's anniversary. But it happens to turn out the day that the world, or the American world, is, is celebrating Thanksgiving. Ironic, it's a ironic holiday in general because we find all different walks of life celebrating Thanksgiving. It's supposed to be an American tradition for whatever reason, a uh, celebration of Chavez what Halakhically, in Torah, a certain mitzvah, so we say the bracha of Shas and Ismail, we say no, but Yom Mehem is Manazet. It happened to our forefathers, the miracles that you did to our forefathers in those days and in these days. And um, there are some opinions of certain of these mitzvahs that a convert would not say this bracha because he can't say La Vesenu. So when you have all the different ethnic groups <laughs> celebrating Thanksgiving, it doesn't work. It's an American thing. So the people that are American generations they have what to be, say they have what to be thankful for. But in our religion, Thanksgiving is every day. As a matter of fact, before opening our eyes in the morning, 
we put our hands together and say the words, May the Ani the Fanacha. We are giving thanks to the Almighty for returning our holy soul to us. A prayer, even prior to washing our hands, the traditional Negalasa, which prior to Negalasa you're not allowed to do anything. You can't say any prayers, you can't touch any parts of your body. But the Maidani is such a holy and special prayer. Even before washing Negavasa, we say it. It's a praise, a thanking to Hashem. Now with Amr Shachas, we say, Haydul Hashem, Kiru Vishmei. Again, thanking Hashem. Actually, the traditional Thanksgiving food is a turkey. In Hebrew, Turkey is called Haidu. Hodu. Which is our way of thanking Hashem. We say Haidu Hashem, Hashem Kitaiv. We're always praising God. With the words of Haidu, we're always thanking Hashem. Um. We have the uh, history coming all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, actually. The holiday commemorates a harvest festival celebrated by the pilgrims in 1621. Um, Anyone that knows a a pilgrim or thinks they're related or shtam, they come from the pilgrims, Celebrate. Enjoy your turkey. But don't eat romaine lettuce with it. CDC is very worried about the romaine lettuce. But the Jewish companies, Bodek, and I don't know what else, came out with letters saying that their, their romaine lettuce are 100%. Um... For those who eat vegetables, what should I tell you? Stick to the iceberg. Iceberg lettuce are better. Definitely better. Soak them a little bit in salt water and check them and you're good to go. They taste better too. They're not as bitter. Okay, so much for the recipes. Back to the regular shear. Off to Turkey. Therefore, Chassidim are celebrating... And the question comes up by everybody. Do we say Tachanun? Yudalit Kislev. Svarim don't dictate anywhere that we don't say Tachanun. But the fact is that if you're a Chassid and a Makusha to the Rebbe, the celebration, the Rebbe himself said Tachanun unless there was somebody, some reason in Shul not to say. A Chassan or a Babriz. And if they said not said Tachnun, the Rebbe would turn to ask the Sheikh what was the reason. Make sure that it wasn't only because of Yudal and Kislev. A I'm not sure where it comes from, the Tali Behergish. Depends on how you feel about it. If you feel connected enough and you love enough the Rebbe and the Rebbe you don't say Tachman. I don't understand what that means because on my anniversary I say Tachman. Some guys told me that on their anniversary they say Al Khaytu. Um, and one guy says every year on his anniversary he benches going more. Okay. Everybody has their own reactions to their anniversaries. None of the above were true. They were all fictitious and I just made them up on the spot. Uh, let's go back to Shabbos 
Pashas Vayishlach. Today, if it's tonight, is your Dalit Kislev, of course, you know that Friday is, is Tezvav Kislev. And Tezvav Kislev is Tezvav B'Chedesh every month. The 15th of the month is Kaimes Siyarabash the Musa. The moon is a full moon. Yidin are compared to the Levana. We go according to the lunar calendar. And therefore, the 15th day of the month has a very strong significance to us, for it is at its fullest appearance. If it's the fullest appearance, of course, needless to say, it's the fullest strength as well. We look at the moon and it teaches us a constant lesson how after the 15th of the month it begins to get smaller and smaller until the end of the month where we no longer see the Levana whatsoever, they don't see the moon at all. And then there's the Mailid, the birth again of the moon, and again it begins to grow back visually until the 15th of the month where there's a full moon again. Those of you who are going to fill me in, either via email or, or text or whatever, telling me, Rabbi, the moon's there the whole time, it just, it's just the sun's reflection, how it reflects. Thank you, I'm not going through the solar system now. And I was not one of those who propagated that we take Pluto off the solar system. So if you were one of those, please follow the flight of the moon and the sun. And don't eclipse anything while you're doing it. So therefore, Tezval B'chidish is a day that a complete of the completion of the month, a full completion of the moon of the Levana, and therefore it shows us, it gives us the strength to know that once again we will find ourselves in the completion, in the full state of the way HaKadosh Baruch wants us in this world, which will be with Mashiach Tzitkenu in Yerushalayim Yerakoidish. May it be tonight on this auspicious day. Vayishlach Yaakov Malochim Lefanov. It's inevitable to discuss, to say, and to talk about the famous question Yaakov sent Malachim before him, El Esav Achiv, to his brother Esav. And Rashi says Yaakov sent Malachim Mamish. He sent real angels. He didn't send only messengers, he sent angels. We have to understand. Why did Yaakov see it's so important to send actual angels? The question that was always asked, which I think we've answered by many Shirim before, where did he get them? Did he have an army of angels walking with him? Yes, we know that, of course, that the Tata tells us last week by the dream where he saw the angels going up and down the ladder, he saw the angels that were accompanying him out of Israel going up because they could not leave the Holy Land, and the other ones that were accompanying him going coming down to accompany him further. So yeah, he traveled with a pact of angels all the time. The angels in actual in essence were created by the mitzvahs that Yaakov had done. And therefore he had the right, the shlita, to utilize these angels and to send them where they had to be, where he wanted them to be. Actually, Amarechevig and Kerach, as you say, talking already about angels, about creating angels, we have to repeat again my annual story for Yudcheski slave next week, on Monday, the yard site of my grandmother Miriam. My father's mother, Hashalom. It was once after a wedding, and my father was taking his parents home, and only his mother could be, I don't know. I know his mother was definitely in the car. And in the olden days, even today, you have the same thing. Are you going to my neck of the woods? 
So it was a fellow that asked for a ride, and there was room in the car. So they took him along for the ride, and they got to the corner of his house, and in Borough Park there are one-way streets. So you can't turn into every street you want to turn into. And this fellow lived four corners off, four houses, five houses off the corner of the block that my father was on the avenue of, and he couldn't turn into that block because it was a one way the other way. So the only way to go into that block would be go, uh, he already passed the block before, obviously, to go to the next block, turn and go all the way around the block to take the fellow home. So my father didn't want to waste the extra time. And the guy only lived right there. So my father stopped at the corner. My grandmother says, he lives here on the street? <laughs> so my father says, no, he lives a few houses in. She says, so take him home. She says, mama, it's, it's a few feet, a few houses, three houses. She says, Moshe, she says, my father, when you do a mitzvah, you create a malach, you create an angel. If you do the mitzvah only halfway, you create a hinkadika malach, you create a limping malach. Do the mitzvah whole. Go around the black double. And uh, nobody argued with my grandmother. So he went around the block to create his whole malach. And we see here, Yaakov, you know, had whole malachim, of course, and he sent them on their missions. Why didn't he send regular messages? Another thing, Yaakov knew the klal that we had already from, by Avraham Avinu, malach only can do one mission, he can't do two, more, than, more than one mission, you can't give a malach two missions. So he knew he was going to take these malachim and send them off to Esav. Then that's all they could do. They won't be able to fulfill their shlichas that God sent them down to the world for. Why deprive them? Why did he think sending them to Esav was more valuable, more important that he used them for this? Chassidus explains what was the actual essence of this shlichus. Yaakov knew that the reason of creation was to separate good and bad. And to elevate all the holy sparks that were in the world that fell into the depth of evil. And to elevate them to the holy, to high, to a, a godly place. And that's why he goes to Choran, Choran of the Lashon, Choran Shal Elam, the lowest of places. In order to redeem all the Kedusha, all the sparks of Kedusha that were there. He also knew, just doing Aveda was not enough for this. Esav had to do his part too. Esav was known as Ish Sadeh. Very, very great holy lights, high level lights fall into fields. Sadeh. And therefore his obligation too was to elevate and to purify these sparks. When the entire world, not only the Jews, but the Bnei Esav, the children of Esav as well, fulfill their, mes- their mission, Mashiach comes. So after 20 years of Choron, as Yaakov completes his Aveda, his service, he was ready for Mashiach. And he imagined Esav was doing the same. Esav also was fixing himself, was 
putting everything in order. So the essence of sending these malachim was just that. And we see the words, Vahili Sheva Khamer. He wanted to give over to Esav. Khamer is Melech Mashiach. Says in the Pasuk, Zechariah, Oni Virechla Khmer. Oni and rides on a donkey. So for such a special Shlichus, to notify about the coming of the ultimate redemption, which is the ultimate tachlis of the creation of the world, Yaakov sent the most honorary messages he could, real angels. And they didn't mind. The opposite. They had a great schus. This is a great merit for them to do this. Because they too wanted to see the gula in the world. But the Malachim later returned to Rabbi Isaim and told him, Yaakov, Yaakov, I know you're ready, Nebuch. Before we even came, we came to your brother. We came to him as a brother of yours, thinking that he would look like your brother. We found that we came to Esav. He's Nebuch, still Esav. He did not shed his evil waves. Yaakov Nebuch understood the road to Geula is still far off. And he says to Esav, Fani Isnaliti trying to get composure from Esav. This all happened in the meeting of Yaakov and Esav. But today, after Am Yisrael works all these generations, and we've gone through so many different exiles, where the Jews were spread to every different part of the world, were suffering through persecution and through pain, trials and tribulations, And Tadus Chassidus was Neskala in the world, which is the Hakan of Geula. The world is ready for Geula. All that's left is the revelation to ultimately reveal it into the world. Take it from Yad Mamish. Yaakov says a prayer. Hatzileni no miad ochi miad esav. Save me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of esav. Look at history. You will find that Yaakov had only one brother. He only had one brother, Esav. So, who is he referring to? Hatzilene Miadachi is enough. What's Miyad Ochi Miyad Esav? And although we've said it before, it's one of the times where we prove to ourselves that Teda, the beauty of Teda, the uniqueness of Teda, it's a time, it's, this is one of the Vertlach, that when you repeat it, it brings a smile. Because it shows how precise the words of Teda are. He says, Hatzileni no miyad ochi, Ribbeinu I am concerned. 
Esav is going to see my children. Either he'll come at them as a brother of mine, or he'll come after them as Esav. I don't want neither of them. Don't come to me and say, don't come to my children and say, Haikin Delach, come to Uncle Esav. Save me, please. My children shouldn't fall into the hands of him acting as a brother of mine, saying, Come to Uncle Esav. And of course, Miyad Esav. Save me from the hands of Esav. If God forbid, he comes after us as Esav, in the vise of Esav, that's even worse. We face this controversy in our lives on a constant basis. Decisions that we need to make and we don't know how or we don't want to make decisions. And we're in conflict within ourselves. It's hard to face the music as we say. It's hard to put up with the challenges that we face. Someone says something derogatory. Someone says something hurtful. Or someone says something that could be derogatory and hurtful. How do we handle that? How do we take that? Do we say it's coming from Ochi? And therefore, if it's from Ochi, my brother, I know it's from love, I know it's from kindness, I know it's from good. Or do we say it's from Esau? It's from a bad place, a negative place, and hatred, and the person does not mean my good, my well-being at all. It's very, very difficult to discern. But yet, we face this on a daily basis, on an hourly basis in our lives. We're constantly facing controversy. Who? Whom do I look at with a positive eye? And who do I need to deflect? Don't get me wrong. Everybody has good in them. Everybody has attributes that are meritous. But yet, there is some of us have that cynical, that borderline wicked side. And when it rears its ugly face, it's hurtful. How is one meant to deal with that? How is one meant to handle that? The Miyad Ochi or the Miyad Esav tells us Das Teda is only handled through Siyata Dishmaya. Although today modern medicine tells us of the wonderful treatments of therapy of yoga of uh, acupuncture and I'm sure there's probably another 7 million different methods mentioned and talked about 
the, the method, unfortunately, most neglected, which is the most helpful, is Das Teda. Going to Das Teda, going to Erov, and asking them what is Teda opinion. Ironically, I go to many different offices in the course of the week. Obviously, I'm going to go to put on film with the Yidden. I give little candles, tea lights to the women. Sometimes the women want to put on film too. It doesn't help. Um, sometimes the men want to light candles. It's, it's, it's 2018. You can never ask good questions. But the people, you get close to them and they they talk to you. Either talk to you when you come or they text you or they call you. Rabbi, can we go to the aisle? Ironically though, everyone feels they can come and talk. I go into an office Nobody says, Rabbi, I know I'm not Jewish. So that means I can't talk to you. I know I'm not Jewish. So you're not going to advise me? You're not going to talk and tell me anything? Do women know I won't shake hands? And they respect that. But they'll have a question. The non-Jewish people, the non-Jewish men, the women in the office, and they say, every so rarely, you know, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't realize the perspectives that you give. I don't have a weekly lesson with them or a weekly meeting with them. It's on the rare occasion that we get together we don't get together. I mean, I do Hanukkah. I make a Hanukkah party for the whole office. I don't make any... <coughs> I can't make only for the Yidden. I'm coming into the office every day or every week. I can't all of a sudden tell the Goyim, no, you can't come to our Hanukkah party. I mean, the latkes smell. You can't, you know, hide that. <laughs> the donuts a little bit, yeah, but the latkes you can't. <coughs> Today's day and age, of course, everyone wants to know if it's gluten-free and if it's this free, if it's that free. Someone, of course, put up on the wonderful world of WhatsApp. If you want a sugar-free, gluten-free, if you're looking for a donut that's gluten-free, sugar-free, calorie-free, eat a cucumber. Not the same bracha, but hey, it'll fill your criteria. Let's go back to the parsha. Imlavangarti. Yaakov tells Esav, I lived with God, with Lavan. Remember Uncle Lavan? I lived with him. And this is a way of appeasing Esav, he thinks. How? Rashi tells us Garti, the word Garti, I lived, has two explanations. One is the Lushan Ger. I was a stranger there. I was never really settled there. I was never made to feel at home there. I never achieved any ranks there. I never amounted to anything amongst them. I was Garti, a Ger. I just said Rashi said that. It's a separate thing. A second explanation says the tale, says Rashi. Garti is the same letters as Taryag. And he says to him, Im Garti Shamarti. I lived with Love and Harasha, but I kept all hundred and sixty six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs. So we know that the lesson of this word, the Tata, 
twofold as it is. It's two explanations in the same word. There must be a connection between the explanations. Honestly speaking, Ace of, listen to me. Honestly. Let's be straight. Let's talk Dugrish. Straight talk, my brother. I lived by Lovan 20 years. Garti, I did not honey, as we say. I wasn't licking honey there. I didn't have any, I had no luxury. I didn't have a, a, a luxury tent. I didn't have any luxury treatment, any feed, food, or anything else. I worked very, very hard there. Esav could look at Yaakov and say, okay, I have sympathy for you. I lived at home. I lived with Mama and Papa. I had all the luxuries of life. I had whatever I needed. My own air-conditioned room. They paid my cell phone bill. I, I, had, I had good life. And my dear brother, I hear you're suffering. I hear you were pained. Sorry to hear that. You win in sympathy with that. Okay. But, Esav, I kept 613 mitzvahs even though I was by Lama Narasha. And why do I care? What is your message to me, my brother? How are you trying to appease me or to make me look at you differently over the fact that you kept 630 mitzvahs? We spoke now that Yaakov's mission was to do what he had to accomplish to bring forth Mashiach. And he feels he succeeded at that. He elevated and purified everything. So now on return from Choron, he, as we said before, was ready for Mashiach. And he's telling this to Esav, with, as we said before, with the thought that Esav is ready to. Im Lovangarti. Everything having to do with Lovan Arami, the lowest of low, the coarsest of course, I was in a const, in a constant level of God, of Gatim, a stranger. I did not find myself at home there. And more importantly, Tayag Mitzvah Shamati. I was keeping Mitzvah and Teda. And Yaakov adds another hint. Vahili Shevachamer. And we said before that Sher is the Reference to Melech HaMashiach. The Chamer of Mashiach. I have everything ready. This is a lesson for generations. A Jew needs to constantly be ready for the Geula, for the redemption. Even though the world is far from ready, look around you and see many impurities, see many flaws. I need to be ready. I need to see to it that I work on my flaws, on my shortcomings, on my misinterpretations, and see to it that I am ready for Mashiach. This world is a passageway. We're just going, happen to be going through. And therefore, yes, there are many different physical items in the world. There's many different luxuries in this world that I'd like to own. Sanalm with the Shikrits, it's a false world. 
not for this as I created. Teda and Mitzvahs. The story told about the Mazich Magid. Before they knew who he actually was, he lived in dire poverty. Someone asked him, how? How do you live like this? And he says, tell me, my friend, when you travel, do you take your living room with you? Do you take all the luxuries of your home with you? Or you compromise? The person didn't even have to answer. And when we're on the road, we don't have our home. And this too, he says, is the world that we're in today. It is all temporary. We are awaiting and anticipating the coming of Mashiach, where it will be our home. Once we'll be at home again, returned home, then we can have what we need and we'll live the way we should. As we continue the parasha, we see the battle that Yaakov has with Esau's angel. We find the meeting of Yaakov and Esau. They fall on each other's shoulders and cry. And then we have a story. Vayetze Dina Bas Leo. Dina Basleya goes out and she goes to the streets of Shechem. It was not a good experience. Shimon and Levi, just after Bar Mitzvah, took arms and went to take back their, take back their daughter, their sister, Dina. They came to Shechem, and we know the whole happening of the story. They told him, listen here, you can't marry, she's a Jewish girl. So what do you mean? We want to marry her, we love her. No, she's a Jewish girl. So what do we do? How can we possibly marry her? Well, there's an Eitzah. You have to circumcise yourself. And the people of your nation have to be circumcised as well. Or else you can't leave amongst you. And so that was the decree. Everybody had to have a bris that day. Yeah. It should be so easy with the Yidin that Nebuch didn't have bris. Just talk to them and say, okay, you have to have a bris. And they should say, okay. Here they all got circumcised. After the circumcisions, on the third day they were very weak. They were in pain. At that time, Shimon and Levi took their business and wiped out the entire population. It didn't help for public relations, for sure. The bottom line... Bottom line was Oh, I, I don't remember what I said I left out mindfulness, but okay The bottom line was that Dina got freed but Dina, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? What were you doing walking around in the streets like this? What were you looking for? We know, as Yaakov travels, 
and he arrives at a destination. Yaakov has the whole family there, except for Dina. Where was Dina? Tells us Mefarshim, tells Shashi. Dina was hidden in a box. Oh, excuse me, when he comes before Esav. Dina was hidden in a box. Why was Dina in a box? Because he was concerned. He was concerned that Esav would see her and if Esav would see her Esav would want to marry her. So he was worried. He was punished for this. Yaakov was punished for this. He called Moshe Betta. She just texted me if I'm still awake. Why was he punished? Because had Dina been seen by Esav and had Dina married Esav Dina was such a powerful character she would have gotten Esav to do tshuva. Had Esav done tshuva, needless to say the levels that he would have achieved because of the height of his greatness of his neshama. But the fact that Yaakov hid Dina, this deprived Esau of any chance. And therefore Yaakov was punished. Sounds like a derogatory thing. That Dina, that Dina went out, roamed the streets, like her mother used to roam. They didn't roam in the wrong way. They didn't do things wrongly. This is a praiseworthy for both. Leah went out to bring the Shvatim into the world. To bring about the birth of the Shvatim of the children of Yaakov. Dina went out to improve the status of the world. To have people. To convince people. To educate people about the greatness and the beauty of God. Should she have kept only talking to women? Perhaps. We're not going to wrong her. We're not going to put her in any bad light, Chas But the brothers went through Mesidus Nefesh, self-sacrifice to bring back their sister. Chumash Bereshis is referred to as Seifa Yashar. Keep me score at home is Gemara Beit Zara, twenty-five side one Chafei Amalav. Seifer Avram Yitzchak Yaakov Shiknikru Yisharim. Why is it called Seifa Yashar? Because it's named on the people Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov who are called righteous, straight people. Since myself is similar to them, we've spoken before. The works of our forefathers is a sign for us. This Sefer also has a lesson for each and every one of us. Where and how a Jew needs to live is all based on the Sefer of Gracious. And this too is the way the Parshas are named. The first Parsha, Gracious. To recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. Why Beis Reishis for Teda and for Yisrael? Because both Yitera and Yisrael are called Reishis. Nayach. Understood, of course, Nachas Ruach. To cause a Nachas Ruach, to cause a nachas 
joy to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on how the Jews are fulfilling their missions. For HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world so he would have a dwelling place. Lech Lecha This is the coming down of the Neshama from the highest of levels to the world. To this physical world. And in, within the world we need to go and travel. We can't stand still. We need to constantly travel. How do we help, get help from this? Vayeda. Vayeda of Hashem. Hashem reveals Himself. The revelations of God. That was an important one today actually. The revelations of God. Revelations of God, sign in a shul. <laughs> when you enter the shul, it may be possible that you hear the call of God. However, it is unlikely he'll call you on your mobile. Uh-huh. Thank you for turning off your phones. If you want to talk to God, enter. Choose a quiet place and talk to Him. If you want to see him, send him a text while you're driving. Yeah. Hearing and seeing God. Okay. <coughs> the revelations of God. And the Shama then returns and has all the strength and everything that it needs. <coughs> and this we see in Chayyah Sada, the life of Sada. What was the life of Sada? The hundred years, of the twenty years, of the seven years. That all the Kayak of the Neshama. And this goes on to afterwards, continuing to the Tafkir of Tildes bringing about the children into the world. One of the children of a tzaddikim, till the same shall tzaddikim is maizim tevim, their good deeds. And this is the first part. Giving us the kayach and the way to get over and to overcome and to conquer. And then continues the second part of Gracious. Vayetzei. Going out And the main thing in our parasha Yishlach. Out on the road already. You're sending out. He goes out from the holy of places down to the worst of the lowest of the worlds in order to elevate it. And how high does he achieve? He also becomes a Shaleach. He also sends out messages to Esau. Not he becomes complacent and says, I'm doing mine and I'll keep within my four cubits. But rather he sees to it to send out to further, further in the world. After all this he comes to reward, to settle, Vayeshev. He can settle down till the kets of the Avedim, he kates. And then becomes the unity of every Jew. Vayigash bringing forth the perpetual life of Tchis HaMesim. And this is how the Parshas of Bereshis come about and tell the story of the Jew and his mission in the world. And the main thing is the Shlichus by Yishlach. So that ultimately we can complete and come on to the Vayechi to the life, to say the true life, which is the life of Teda and Mitzvahs. So we may merit from this 90th year, this 90th anniversary of the Rebbe and the Rebetzin, as we go into the Shabbos before Yutas Kislev, the Chag, Chagim, the redemption of the Alter Rebbe, which maybe we'll talk about next week by the Shir of the Nether.
merit to the ultimate Geula, the Geula, Hamitas Vashlema Yidei Mashiach Zidkenu. Find ourselves in Yerushalayim this Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom to all.